Undivided Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the House Divided Podcast, a episode that I'm guessing is going to be one of our more contentious. Well, probably not. I don't know. We both have reasonable opinions, but uh, some things happened, folks. Uh, so just to get it out of the way, we are going to talk about the fight, well, the jumping, the whatever terminology you want to use. I don't think fight was the right word there, but we're going to talk about it. Um, but we're going to go chronological here. So I have a few feelings I want to get out about how I felt before the game. And then we'll talk about the game, and then we will talk about the post-game stupidness. Um, and also another housekeeping note: uh, we are going. We were gonna start hockey tonight, but we've already got a pretty full show, so uh, we're hoping for a Sunday night episode to recap what's happened thus far to your number one ranked Michigan Wolverines and also Michigan State. And yeah. So let's dive in. Uh, Jeremy, first, let, let me just ask, how are you? Because I've, I've been rambling since the start of the show. Doing all right, man. Doing all right. It's been, uh, man, since about, nice, like 11.25 or so, or 11 o'clock Saturday night. It's probably going to have a pain in my stomach. But uh, the last, I'd say the last 24 hours have been better. We'll, uh, we'll get going and. Yeah, there's hockey this weekend, so I <laughs> can't complain. I can't yeah. complain. I'm, I'm very happy that uh, hockey is is going on, and yeah, man, I got a free home field shirt. So yeah, you know, you're you're week. rocking the free good home week. field. Uh, and while we, I, I will say this about hockey, we'll we'll go a lot deeper on Sunday, but uh, in rivalry nonsense, good kind. Uh, I heard a lot of talking from Western Michigan fans for a long time about how our program was a bunch of pussies and ducked them. And I don't care if we ducked you. We did. And then we swept you. So eat my dick. I don't know. That was fun. That was a fun sweep to get. Uh, Two close games. And uh, for Luke Hughes to bow for the student section after scoring an OT winner at Western Michigan. Just chef's kiss, my man. Way to go. Those Hughes brothers know how to celebrate an OT winner, huh? Yeah, they do. All right. There's one thing they know very well. Like, Tone among shift. many things. Yes. They know how to do well. Yeah. Tone shift. Um, so here's the thing. We're good. This is kind of like a uh, a fun sandwich. Well, it is for me because the middle part is us talking about the game, and I thought the game was fun. It will be. This is just a complete shit sandwich for Jeremy. Um, but we're gonna start out on a, a bit of a somber note. I'm not gonna dwell on it because we talked about it a lot last week. Uh, but I'm very disappointed in Michigan's decision to play Donovan Edwards this weekend. Uh, I already talked for a while last week about why I thought he shouldn't play. And so I'm not just going to pour over those reasons again. Um, but it was not the right decision for me. And uh, I just don't agree with it. So want to be vocal about that, especially because I'm going to be throwing some shots across the bow of another program over the next half. And, uh, and I feel, feel tough for a Michigan fan that uh, the conversation's not going away, at least in the whole anti-Semitic thing, because Kyrie Irving's keeping it on the top of our mind. So 
Yeah, no, um, it's and Kyrie yeah. Irving among uh, plenty of athletes. Jamison Williams got caught liking something on Twitter that was in support of Kanye and anti-Semitic, and like it, it's happening all over. And I think that's part of the reason that this Donovan Edwards thing wasn't even a big story nationally. I don't think it's because of a blue wall, and I don't think it's because it's Michigan. I think it's because it's happening a lot, and if they mm-hmm. covered extensively all of these, it, it'd be all you hear about. Um, not ex- excusing it from Donovan, obviously, no. as I've said how I felt, but just uh, what what this man's opinion is on the reasoning. So there, I there's say, that. I, I agree with you. I don't think the blue wall is covering it. The national conversation is not because of how the Detroit Free Press chooses to operate, but uh, Bob and Angelique continue to shroud themselves in glory. Yeah, no, there's a there's it's and it's embarrassing, and we'll talk plenty about embarrassing beat writers um, uh, over the course of this. But yes, that that the lack of coverage from Michigan outlets over the retweet in the very quick of, Oh, they, he apologized. We're good. Like I, I, I don't like that and wish that would go away. That being said, let's move on to some football. Uh, you want to just talk about Keon Coleman for a bit and then I can talk about all my positives. Yeah. Keon Coleman, who, in the one argument I think I won this weekend uh, week on Twitter is allowed to post photos of him making cool catches. Um, yeah, no shit. He fucking Brayland wow. like three like the same dude three wow. times. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it kind of went a little bit like we said. It didn't quite have that whole like oh well scripted drive. Um, you know, yeah. LSU comes out and punches you guys. Like it was like what the second or third drive till they finally got going. But uh, it was a little bit of the MSU got some things to work. Um, until Michigan made adjustments. Uh, if you're not following Space Coyote on Twitter, he's the greatest film breakdown that you can find on college football. And Unbelievable. He's a, he's a Michigan fan, so he's always covering Michigan and Michigan State and Ohio State. Um, just amazing film breakdowns. And he just kind of said it to you. know He's like, well, basically, they're in cover zero, adjusted after the three key catches, and then there was always help over the top on Keon, and he just wasn't as you know, wasn't as uh, impactful among other things that impacted, you know, whether it's MSU play calling or the offensive line, just among other things that took him out of the game. Um, Michigan made the adjustments they need to make. Um, We couldn't run the ball as expected (laughs) against you guys, um, which as we know in this rivalry, the rushing game tends to tell who's successful or not. Um, And uh, come out of it, Really, I just want to get through the last four weeks, enjoy the players who are still on the team playing, and then it's pretty big into uh, let's see how Mel adjusts the staff because I think he's got to make some moves. If he, we have no leverage on him. He has like a huge contract many years, but if he wants to do what he says he wants to do, he's going to need to make some changes on this staff. Um, so that's yeah. the intrigue for me down the stretch here outside of uh, the intrigue of obviously what happened after this game and everything that we have to follow there. But uh, in the game, I don't know, man. I, I, I found it hard to even be that enthused about the defense. Maybe it's because I follow Michigan more, but for every MSU fan saying that we like held them to field goals, 
that is the one weakness in Michigan is they are terrible and and gold in short yardage downs and in the red zone. You guys have been terrible all year, regardless yep. of opponent. Yep. And so MSU did that. They held to some field goals, but um I have a hard time saying that's all on the MSU defense because you guys moved as much as you wanted to, as easy as you wanted to into the red zone. And that was the only time that we stopped you. Um, and Blake yeah. Corbin's fun. I, I yeah. think that, I'm glad you got uh, to see that because I was watching fun. the highlights he's... of this last night and um, it's just like every single run you add at least like three to four yards over what it should have been. And he's just little and he's powerful mm-hmm. and, and he's, he's yeah. got that game-breaking speed. Yeah. Uh, I will so say yeah. yeah, go ahead. What I did not enjoy this year compared to last year, outside of the result. Um, and maybe this is an off-season conversation, and I would love to learn more from you and what you think on the uh, what happened or what what's going on. But I really was hoping, you know, this was another good year for Andrew Anthony. And I did not. Yeah, none of so, your wide receivers impressed me. Now Jake Schoonmaker, he impressed Luke, me. Luke Schoonmaker. Uh, Luke, sorry, Jake. No, you're Jake Butt was who I was thinking yeah. of as well. Oh, uh, so Luke, Luke Schoonmaker, he uh, he impressed the hell out of me. But yeah, that's yeah, so something this... that as we think about towards the end of the season and your big time matchups coming. No, I I absolutely agree. Yeah. And I unfortunately because of Michigan's schedule, I think we're about to spend the next month. Uh, talking in that context so for today I'm actually just gonna remove it because yep. this was a rivalry a game against a team that mi- that Michigan hasn't beaten since Shea Patterson was the quarterback and uh, I-, I gotta just enjoy this game for what it was and this was a game where Jim Harbaugh looked over at the opponent said this is the only way we lose this game is if we turn the ball over six times and he decided he was not going to let that happen I think that was evident in the play calling. Um, I, I Even the one turnover was a senior wide receiver who should not be fumbling that ball, just making a weird mistake. Um, I thought it was clear in the game plan, and I will never complain about getting to watch Blake Corum carry the ball 33 times in a game. And uh, Michigan moved the ball between the 20s at will pretty much. Uh, it it was a good performance offensively. The thing that keeps it from being great and the thing that really keeps this game from being extremely fun and what kind of made it a little boring uh, just was the lack of finishing off drives. And that's obviously a concern going forward if you want to beat Ohio State. But uh, in a game like this where your offense is playing like that and the defense, like my word, they let up one, two maybe drives, like actual drives. And other than that, it was just consistent domination. Um, I I really appreciate that defensive performance because the offense did leave this game available for Michigan State to try and sneak in and make it a game. Because if Michigan's defense doesn't have a lights-out performance like this, uh, all it takes is one or two big plays, and you're still looking at like a 22-17 to game like in the fourth quarter. So this was an ass kicking. It was a dominant win for Michigan. And the only thing and but I am thankful for the defense being dominant because without them, uh, it, it could have been a game. And, and that's, to be clear, something Michigan does have to watch out for if they're trying to walk into Columbus 11 and all. 
because if you do that against Illinois and can't finish off drives, I'm sorry, but there's a good chance that they're in that game with you and you're in a dogfight against a team who likes to do that. They like to be in a dogfight. It's a good Illinois team. In Nebraska, I don't doubt that they could pull some absolute buffoonery out of their ass and make that a game too. So, um, you know, it, it was good to get Paul back. That's the thing that kind of gets lost in all of everything that happened is like who gives a shit about watching the players celebrate in the student section with Paul when you know what's happening while that picture video is being taken. Um, but I, I still hope to be able to look back on this game and be like, well, that was what needed to happen there. I, I don't know. There's no looking back at this this game in the future years and being like, well, that was fun. A, it was just a boring, that was the most boring ass kicking I could have possibly imagined against a rival. If you would have read me that yardage uh, before the season in that game, I, I would have been like, oh, that's an unbelievable game. That would have been so much fun. To, that'll be so much fun to watch. But like, and it was in the moment, you know, especially that second half. But, you know, you look back and you're like, well, they got two short yardage touchdowns. Like the, there wasn't really anything super exciting. Um, guess they saved all that for after. So I, I don't know. Before we jump into this nonsense, uh, do you have – any other thoughts on the game? I, I mean, it, it like you said in pre-show, it really was a pretty boring game by the standards of this uh, rivalry. Not too much on the game. Um, no real individual performance outside of, you know, Keon Coleman that I thought was great. I mean, MSU, if you're trying to find wins, I thought guys like Ronald Williams and Charles Brantley looked good on defense, which is going to be huge because there are a couple of your guys who are still able to suit up in future games. Um, same with Simeon Barrow. Uh, and I think honestly, the, the big thing for me coming out of that game was I am officially ready with the four games left to see Noah Kim and Kate Hauser as much as we can. Um, especially seeing the comments of Peyton Thorne this week when he's stuff, when that fourth and one play call goes terrible, uh, inside the seven yard line against you guys and you see the overhead camera and left of center there's a humongous gap and you find out that Peyton Thorne had the ability to audible into a QB sneak there and didn't do it and at this point I'm tired of hearing he's a coach's son he's so smart he's a leader too many times this season I see him on Monday or Tuesday when player availability comes up saying yep that's my bad that's my mistake um, yeah, man, we need a real quarterback competition. Let's get started now. So. Wow. This is a much spicier take than I expected to hear uh, from you. I, I don't know. I, like to me, you let Peyton Thorne ride out the year, unless you're just anointing the fact that you want Noah Kim the starter next year. Cause like to me, if you bench him at this point, he gone. And, and then you're rolling with either Hauser or Kim for sure next year. And, I, and so, you haven't seen either of those I, uh... guys. My thing would be, if he wants to be gone, the transfer portal works both ways. Sure. I'm fine bringing in a fifth-year sure, senior yeah. guy. I'm fine bringing in someone. Does Kenneth Walker have a younger brother who plays quarterback? <laughs> I don't know, man. Even if they don't come in and win the starting job. But it's just, I don't know. It's uh, I feel like I identify in some respect with 
Iowa or Wisconsin fans watching Spencer Petrus or Graham Mertz, and you just have to watch 20-something starts, and you're like, this is as good as it gets. This is yeah. as good as he is going to get. Yeah, I hear you. You know, what you, have in common. you know what you have in common with those fans? I'm not sure if the quarterbacks are really the people at fault for those offenses being bad either. That's true. That's true. It's not <laughs> him alone. It is not him no, alone. No, no. I mean, I that offensive that line was atrocious on Saturday night. If I... we lose if we lose Saturday uh, and the 100%, basically, the, the bowl game is gone, um, I think we just got to see just – split some snaps that's that's fair and when i say i disagree that is of course respectfully and also knowing the fact that i have less knowledge of everything about that situation than you um so yeah that's that uh i guess final thoughts for me for michigan are just happy we won and you're not zero and three against tuck um i guess i'll address this before we get to the serious stuff uh, do not taunt me with what happened after Mike Hart made the little brother quote about Blake Corum. I do not give a fuck. They said Tuck was coming, but all I saw was t- Tuck running or whatever he said. Straight up bar. And I don't even want to hear about any Michigan State fans being mad. Okay. I saw some certain people who I mostly enjoy online getting very upset about that quote. Uh, also, while all the fight stuff was coming out, that was kind of weird. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, we, yeah. Our our current players pissed away any chance of that being something you can use. I'm sorry, but that that opportunity was pissed away. So yeah, yeah. Love the quote though. Go go Blake Corum. Talk your shit. Uh, I don't care what it. Do not bring up his record against Mel Tucker. I will not hear it. Uh, so I'm gonna before we do this. Uh. I guess I, I lost the bottle, but um, this one is goes out to Charles. I know he'll listen to this. He, he has COVID right now, so everybody uh, be nice to Charles. But he gifted me some wild turkey American honey uh, bourbon, and don't make that face, you prick. And I can't do anything honey, man. It's the honey part. Okay, I, it's, that's it's fair too enough. sweet. Well, anything it's, honey gets a little too sweet for me. It's delicious. Um, I'm going to do a shot here of it on air, uh, because I need it to talk about this occurrence. So, uh, everybody bear with me. If, uh, Jeremy wants to give play by play, he's welcome to. Uh, I, I haven't stopped drinking much of this episode. So I, uh, just, oh, what, what's the chaser there? What do we, what do we got for the chase? Diet Mountain Dew. See, that's fantastic. We're going to get a lot of heat for this. So my goal before we dive into the locker room or locker room tunnel talk is that excuse I me, just listeners. I just don't want to get anything where uh, I can get something pulled and become a meme on Michigan Twitter. Um, so that's my goal is to yeah, not, that's a good one. I don't think we have enough have listeners happen. for that to have happen. But, but I think we'll see. I think if we're going to get something pulled, it's that uh, this take right here. Bourbon with Mountain Dew is fantastic. So I appreciate what you It's did. good. Yeah. I don't know if it's complete bullshit or if it's real that Mountain Dew was invented to go with whiskey. But either way, it got me to try it and I like it. So eat me fantastic. if you don't like that opinion. <laughs> okay. That's what we'll get pulled. Vibe shift. 
So you guys all know what happened. I don't have to fucking describe this to you. If you're listening to us, surely you've listened to other things that have talked about this already, considering we're recording on Wednesday. Um, I think that this situation from what happened is, is obviously gross and, and not good. And not a good look for anybody involved. I know there's a lot of people saying Michigan did nothing wrong, and I, and I mostly agree. I I, I do agree that the, and there's obviously nothing that warrants what happened to those two kids. Um, but I will say just the fact that the rivalry got to this point, this didn't come out of fucking nowhere. Okay, like that this almost feels like it was predictable based off the past 15 years. So I don't want to sit here and act and play a victim card on this podcast. So, so what happened there was was gross, and uh, the people who I feel bad for the most, obviously, in the situation are Jaman, and um, oh my God, I'm having the worst brain. Jaden, Jaden, yeah. yeah, couldn't remember his first name. Those guys did not deserve what they got. Um, but I also think this is a really interesting thing to look at when it comes to just people in general like in terms of the fan bases of both of our teams reacting um because michigan fans have every right to be upset and michigan state fans i see so many that 95 percent of you guys vindicate you said that is not okay those players should not play another down in a spartan uniform and I don't even know where I'm going with this. I just like my brain is swirling around with all this because there's so many people who I like who I've seen things that have annoyed me, but I know that I'm very easily irritable right now because I'm emotional about it. You know, you, you watch these players every week, you take the time to read about them and learn about all of them. And then you see a video, two of them getting attacked and it, it gets me emotional, but then like, what am I going to sit here and take it out on you and my other state friends? You guys didn't do anything wrong. This upset you in a way that I can't even, I mean, I can kind of relate to and We can talk about more about how uh, our experience in the Juwan Howard situation, which is not parallel, obviously, but in the way that fans react, do you know what I mean? I think I need somebody to interrupt me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's the the roller coaster from about 11 p.m. Saturday night to now has just been. I mean, it's honestly been like the uh, like the typical stages you go through of like almost like grief, right? Like, grief, it's been like yeah, anger, absolutely. disbelief, all of it. Like even to the point like now. I mean, I do this all the time. This is not in relation to just the fight, but I I delete a lot of tweets. <laughs> I like clean out my Twitter every like two weeks. And I had to delete one within five minutes because I saw the first thing I saw as I'm, you know, the game's over. I I, I forget what game I flipped on. I'm just watching maybe the, the Ole Miss game or some other game that's running at, that night. And uh, I see Matt Charbonneau have a tweet about like, oh, there's a, uh, there's a, a scuffle, scuffle or yeah. some whatever word he yeah. used. And I remember quote tweeting it like, 
get the fuck out of here. We all saw what was on the field. That's not a scuffle. Like, Michigan guys are waving goodbye. There's a little bit of push and pull. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'd already been like Charbonneau, so, you know, wanted to take my shot. Um, And then it became apparent that, no, that was not what he well, was talking about. To be he was fair, talking about in the tunnel. To, to be fair here, you are, <laughs> you are absolutely right to be upset with him calling something a scuffle. Uh, <laughs> uh, after the fact he still used the incorrect word um but uh yeah man and, and then you so you see the solari video and you're kind of like okay well um certainly the first thing that jumps to my mind is that's way too many on one person um and i in general confusion because i because again the, the broadcast like where it leaves you off is you have everyone at you know towards the michigan state sideline you know, the coaches took a while to shake hands because they're getting through some scuffles kind of happening and and uh, and everything. You see the Michigan players waving goodbye, but then you, you see the Michigan team run to the student section, like pretty cool college football moment, right? And so I'm just like confused at first. I'm like, well, who's who's in the tunnel? Like that's just kind of weird. I thought it can't be guys that have already left the celebration to come back. Right. And obviously, we learn later why. You know, maybe not the why, but we learned that they they did not travel with their their teammates to the celebration for whatever number of reasons. Like we we may never know. Yeah. Um, you know, and like I don't know, man. I just went through like so many emotions. Like at first, like you know, seeing the the videos, like Jesus, this is weird. But I'll be straight up honest. Um, again, I'm gonna admit a little bit of my caveman hockey mentality. I've seen tunnel fights before. Like everyone that was like, this is fucking amazing. I was like, man, we had a junior hockey tunnel fight like three weeks ago. I mean, but the difference is you get, it's one V one. It's one it's, guy it's a fight. It's another a fight. Guy. It's yeah. a fight. Um, and this is just stuff that you're like, man, like it's, it's brutal. Um, my biggest anger at first outside of the anger that I placed at the gentlemen in jerseys that represent where I work, what I cheer for. Um, you know, one of the most important things in my life, Michigan State Athletics and Michigan State University, like outside of being embarrassed by them right away is like, uh, you're watching 19 and 20 year olds getting jumped. What the fuck are these cops and security people paid no for? No fucking shit. Yeah, that makes me really upset. Because well. you know what? When I mentioned that hockey tunnel fight and I've posted it on Twitter, granted, I think it was a coach. There's like a 65-year-old man that gets in between the fight and breaks him up. And now if the kids wanted to keep going, they could have kept going in both situations, both in the hockey fight that I mentioned. And there were certainly bigger football players than the security that is at these events. Um, but, man, I've been around rinks where there's fights with teams that I have no idea who either of these teams are. I have no one on the team. If I'm seeing someone getting jumped, I'm at least like getting in between like, what the hell are you doing? Like you at least pull someone off someone, do anything. Cause you don't run away and lock your Twitter account. No. <laughs> and we'll get to his bitch ass. Um, I, I'm I, sorry. Please tell me if I'm ever, crossing any lines because i i clearly am still a a bit emotional about this you know what no you're not no 
the only thing that I would I would I would I would call you out if you said you thought he was smart enough to try and get in front of a camera. No, he was just scared like a little bitch. Yeah, That's no, he, he was, was running away. Uh, he was running away from a situation he was terrified of. Like, uh, and yeah, we'll it's we'll just, talk about him later. Let, let's. But um, yeah. yeah so I mean, point. these are all these are all going through my head, and it's just, you know, and I think the part where some MSU fans have struggled how to voice this. Um, I've heard it from some national people, but I think it's it's important in this time to listen to some national conversations because I think. We all are too invested in this and too locked in on this. Um, we both sides can learn not just about this incident, but the rivalry and how toxic it is by listening to some people from the outside in this whole thing. Um, the Honestly, one of the first thoughts I had is like, well, this is going to go terrible because it doesn't take much for a Michigan State fuck up to just last forever and that's wrong and i'm not saying that that doesn't vindicate anything that the guys did and that's not saying that michigan wouldn't get bad press or anything like that from this but my first thought was you had to do this against michigan this will never end it will never end yeah i mean the fact that it's a rivalry this isn't just uh yeah and that's and i hope to god that this isn't used as a marketing thing for no, this rivalry i wouldn't it, think it would be by either side or by national teams coming in but it's just i mean that's just our reaction at this point right like we both i, I understand had, we both have had some pretty tough situations at our universities the last couple of years yes um we both have been through it um and it's just it is exhausting to go through all that um but i gotta tell you man it's just it feels like it's gonna last longer. Just because I just remembered yesterday that Michigan has an interim president because of a scandal. It, yeah. But it, it goes not away anymore. pretty quickly. It, is Mary Sue Coleman not the interim anymore? Uh, she's not the president anymore. Okay, so that did get resolved. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But but even but that whole story, the whole situation, I was sitting there thinking about all the stuff that both of our universities have been through, and I was like, Oh, I yeah, totally forgot about Schwissel. Yeah, no, and you're right. Just, it just yeah. the Donovan Edwards thing. I, I I don't care that he played. I I knew he was going to play. Um, it wasn't shocking. It didn't disturb me, you know, beyond like because I kind of accepted it going in. But it's just like one, they're not the same magnitude, but one will be quicker dealt with, and one will not be. And yeah. this one will be used and thrown in the face of anyone associated with Michigan State for a long time. My best friend lives in Denver. Uh. He's out with his two beautiful little girls trick or treating. He's letting people take out stuff from his, uh, you know, pick up stuff from the house. You know, he's handing out candy and had. A, I, I assume it was a. He, he said it was a Michigan fan that lives in his neighborhood. Comes up, says like, "Oh, can I come on your property? Or are you going to jump me?" Like, yeah, just, that's not going to end. That's going to be a long time for all of us. So it's just it's frustrating. Like these kids don't yeah. represent us. Um, their actions don't represent us. Um, it's not a part of the rivalry. We certainly have our problems with the University of Michigan, and there's certainly some angst there, and there's certainly a lot that boils right underneath the surface. But um, I don't know, man. I've yeah. I've been in a lot of fights. I've never been in a part of a fight that's eight on one. And uh, yeah, the the kicking on the ground, the the all that, the obvious using a helmet as a weapon. 
Um, so I'm, I'm going to say, I respect Mal Tucker's response thus far. I appreciate it as a Michigan fan, and there's not a lot in my eyes that they're gonna be able to like. I already didn't like Michigan State. This is not going to make my feelings any better about the 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 program, the football program specifically, because I don't like Michigan State basketball either. But yeah. I don't have the same feelings <laughs> about that program. Um, D'Antonio made things very personal in the rivalry. Not saying he started it, but he did, and nobody can no. deny that. No, that's a good thing. And, you know, and so, like, so I yeah. really, I, I already held a lot of animosity towards that program, just as Michigan State fans do to me. I, I know I'm not special, not to me, but to well, Michigan. I will. Uh, well, I will say. Uh, and I just want to say, I know, I think, I think we wanted to talk a little bit about the rivalry in general. Um, Hardball and D'Antonio have really ramped this thing up. And again, not in all a negative way. Like they know they're motivating their team and things like that. But like, we've just gone through a stretch of this rivalry where um, maybe in the past, maybe it's because Michigan State was down or in the, the Brady Hoke, Rich Radiers, Michigan was down. Then, it's just um, so personal. I, and it's and it and became it's that way. more personal. It became that way. And it started with D'Antonio because responding. Yes, to a, to yeah. a student athlete. At the end of the day, I know people have their thoughts, no, but he stood there fair. looking into a camera with basically like tears in his eyes, in a death glare, responding to a comment that a a twenty two year old student athlete made in a press conference, who was four and zero against his rival. Which, so that that is true. Which but, I will but, always say is a great comment. Behind closed doors, right? I would run through the exactly. I would run through a wall for that coach. Um, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not even going to blame him. I'm. I, I'm poking no, no. fun, but it is what it is. It's 15 years ago. Yeah. The thing about this rivalry is that you already have, like, are there other? I know there are other rivalries, but how many other rivalries in America do you have where these two fan bases have such polarizingly opposite? stereotypes about the other that they just cannot stand and it it's made the rivalry personal i think from a fan standpoint and maybe i'm just too online and that's where i've gotten this but it feels like it has and the streakiness of it before harbaugh showed up where michigan wins like seven years in a row and then michigan state wins seven out of eight and then obviously they're they're at both at 500 since Harbaugh took over the job in mm-hmm. a back and forth manner. Um, it, it just builds up so much resentment when you have to watch your team lose to a rival for so many years in a row that obviously the celebration is going to reflect those years of animosity. And, and so I feel like that's made it more personal. And I, I just it feels like a culmination of that and it's disappointing. And a lot of, uh, I've seen a few people call for a hard reset on what this rivalry is. Chris Castellani had a great eight and a half minute long yeah. video on this. If you haven't and seen it, go watch did. it. Yes, it absolutely. Was, Cause it was very it was good. I'm not usually one to plug bar stool, but Chris is a good dude. And that's, yeah, that's a, a tough very, one. <laughs> it's always been a tough one. 
I yeah. like that guy, but yeah. It, that's a very, very good video he did. Um, it, it's just he... disappointing because yeah. I, in the years where you win, this rivalry feels like so much fun. And in when the in the years that you lose, it just feels so goddamn miserable. It, it, would you agree with that sentiment? I I mean, I do, but I think honestly, over the last, I think if you take out, I think even if you take out maybe maybe the last two years, maybe the the two Mel wins are different, um, just under a new coach and a new era. But I think if before that, honestly, the Win has become a relief, not something to enjoy. I would agree with that. And a lot of times, relief. You can live online and at least know that your team won. Uh, Which is so pathetic, by the way. We're such losers. I I mean, the hard part, well, see, the hard part for me now is like, I think, like what you said at the top of the show almost, in that it was a lot easier. You know, what, what makes me so frustrated. I think, and and I think like it's important that we discuss that. Like, you yourself went to U of M, so you went to U of M. Flint. I, I did not go to Michigan State. I work there now. I grew up around Michigan State, um, but I went to Grand Valley, and I have always said like a pretty big moment for me was really like my. I mean, my freshman year is the Mike Hart game. I, I watched that game at Grand Valley, um, but going away to Grand Valley and like getting away from the Lansing area and everything and and making friends that are on the other side of the rivalry. It was like the first time that I had a pretty big group of Michigan fan friends. And it was always an important dynamic to be like, we each have our rooting interests, right? But then we went to Grand Valley. So it was kind of like we had a nice separation. Um, And I think that it gives us a perspective on it that like, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I look at a lot of what goes on and I'm like, you both are behaving like idiots, <laughs> you know, like it just Which, doesn't. To a certain point in rivalry, I That's get rivalry is, yeah. because I, I this is the hard part because I feel like I just talked about the escalation of 15 years, 20 years, however yeah. long, because all this mentality built up from Michigan beating the fuck out of Michigan State every year for 30, 40 years. And so part of me feels like that all makes sense and why it culminated in this. But then another part of me is like, dude, no, this was this was a handful of dumb kids who made a really bad choice because they Mm -hmm. couldn't get over the fact that they just got their ass beat by their rival. I like nothing Michigan did. Not nothing. I don't want to talk in extremes. Michigan throwing the ball in the last two minutes up 22 and trying to score another touchdown, waving them off the field. Nothing about that is abnormal from a college football rivalry game. That That is perfectly acceptable, and if you don't think so and think that any of that excuses what went down in the tunnel, you're off your rocker and you need to grow up because this is college sports. You're going to get waved off the field. I was not a fan of somebody running through MSU players, skipping and high-fiving fans. But then part of me is like, guess what? Don't take the fucking bait then. Like, don't – I don't know. That, like, just – 
that's the part where I start to, the irrational caveman in me starts to come out where I'm like, don't take the bait. Now you took the bait. Now you're never going to play at Michigan state again. Enjoy. Like I, I don't, you lost your game. If your season wasn't over before this game, it sure as shit is now. Like I, I know you're still in, you still should be holding out hope for a bowl game, but, but like, but for the players who are involved, like their, their season's done. So yeah. regardless of what the yeah. team accomplishes, and that's they're the not other a part thing. of the accomplishment. So I the 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 caveman part of me wants to get on this podcast and say this was a loser move from loser players on a loser program. But that last part is where I need to draw the line on myself. Because while I may personally feel in this moment and a lot of times that Michigan State football is a loser program. There were players in those videos who did try and be leaders and did step up to the plate in a really, really difficult moment. And if there were at least eight to nine players that did that instead of standing by, then that means there's the same amount there that did that than did the terrible, terrible thing. And say what you will about all those other players who were being bystanders psychology is real folks the the bystander effect froze. is real yeah. people froze people, people didn't know what was going on we didn't know what was going on in those videos and, and so i if we're I being honest yeah i wish more people froze because you know what we had chain people who didn't freeze and their first instinct yes. was to start swinging yes um, and, and that's and like if that's we're going to call something out call like call the swinging out like I, the freezing up is it taking charge and being a leader? Maybe not, but I'll, I'll take it over. No. Hey, but, I just but, saw uh, that my guy swing on somebody. I'm going to swing on him too. Like, <laughs> out of yeah. the two, I will but, take one. But the point I was trying to make is yeah. that the caveman in me wants to just call, call Michigan State a loser program, but it, that's not fair to Michigan State fans because you had nothing to do with this. That's not fair to all those players who had nothing to do with this. And as much as Mel Tucker's post-game press conference didn't really impress me, that's not fair. That's not a fair complaint because it was 20 minutes after something where mentally I was going insane on Saturday night. So yeah, I, like, and, it, I, I'll and take no one a, did good. No one did good in the post-game pressures. And no, I won't say that Michigan – Jim Harbaugh players, didn't either. But see, well, yeah, Jim. But I also like – it was actually kind of odd. And again, they, they weren't there. But did they ask Boyd Corum or anyone about the scuffle or stuff? Or like, had they heard anything? Because I know they weren't in the, the tunnel. Why I don't did you know. ask Jacoby and Xavier? But just to me, there's no win situation there. I think for me to say, I think you've got to make people available. Yeah. But yeah. At no, the same it... time, you could clearly tell they went up there as if it was basically a normal post game presser with no media training going into yeah. it the, and, the only people i can blame yeah. for uh, for post game stuff would be i guess winman for shaking his head no when they asked about yeah. and he was literally holding down somebody oh, while they got hit yeah. with a helmet um, i think that gets back to a little xavier bit said no he didn't see it but i'm not gonna blame him when i have video of him trying to break it up what is yeah. he even going to say? Yeah, I saw my I teammates think... mug some Michigan players and tried to stop it. That's not what he's going to say in media availability. And I think so... that speaks to the fact that they weren't prepared. Because if you yes. if you catch them before, you say, 
you can't lie up there or you know you say kind of like you saw it but you're not sure what happened you don't know what started it you don't know anything but like certainly saw like obviously i saw stuff um i don't want to give too much away like i'm I'm sure i'm gonna have to give an interview to police like you 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 have an answer that you can craft but these are young kids still in pads and clearly the michigan state that just lost the probably their game of the year right yeah like well, yeah especially now especially now it's where the season is gone this is the the biggest game they have left and uh and yeah it, it just i i'm not impressed by the media relations and the people who are supposed to get these players ready for questions in a post-game situation um not impressed yeah not not impressed and and again a lot going on but like that is literally your job um i don't think that xavier or even jacoby to some extent deserves to be a meme or have the interview thrown back in his face when it's like Dude, you could prep these kids. Yeah, <laughs> like, Jacoby gets what he gets. I, I'm not going to be sitting no, here feeling no, bad for you that shouldn't. fucker. You shouldn't. Um, but, yeah, so where I'm going to leave this, uh, I just will reference the fact that there have been people who cover the teams on both sides who have just been unbelievably biased and terrible in the way they've covered this. I, I'm not going to sit here and act like it's been equally proportioned here. Uh, Graham Couch uh jim capriani or whatever all just embarrassing fucking takes that they've had and really just showing i mean stuff that genuinely jim uh, capriani whatever crappiani whatever the fuck his name is he shouldn't be credentialed the michigan state program that is a bad look on them to credential this guy not just because of what he said about this but i mean this is a dude on record as of almost a decade ago advocating for Devin Gardner to get his knees taken out. So that's a bad look. I don't want to dive deep into that anymore because this has already been negative enough. I want to finish this out on saying I do not feel law enforcement should be involved. The criminal justice system in the United States is not a positive experience in reforming people. It's not going to help anything to put these kids in jail. On the other hand, I could never look Jamon Green and his family in the face and say you are wrong for pursuing charges because he was beat over the head with a helmet and yes. is concussed. And uh, so so you can't fault him for doing that. But if it were up to me, I would say these kids should never play Michi- uh, football at Michigan State again. Uh, the kid who hit him with a helmet and anybody who was seen kicking somebody when he was down in a nine-on-one scrum should never play college football again. Uh, but I'm not willing to advocate for jail time because that's not going to improve anything at all. Yeah, um, no, I no disagreement. I I will say I, I I expect that there may be some members of the eight um, who may return. Uh, I don't think it's going to be based on the skill level. And, of the and I'm willing to agree to that. I, 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 I don't just say know. Like, it's hard. I, it's going to get ugly when it happens because it'll be one guy that I'm thinking in particular is a young player who started the game against Michigan. Um, I think he, he – I think all eight should 1,000% be done for the season because I don't think that in the next four weeks you can show – the growth and maturity and earn your way back to the team. I would agree. I think that 
for all of these young men, for any that are going to have eligibility and be extended the opportunity to possibly get back into good graces and rejoin the Michigan State program. Um, it's a long road back. So I uh, I don't think that any of them should play the rest of the season uh, unless there's some new evidence to say that they like a different camera angle that shows when you thought that they did something, they were actually not, you, unless there's something like that. I'm not saying there is, or I expect. There no, I understand just, what you mean. Just hedging my, my bet there. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that there may be some, you know, like I said, I, there's one in my mind that I can think of that clearly throws a punch. Um, but can I think of like, can you do something to come back from one punch thrown possibly? Um, but yeah, I, I think minimum, you know, uh, swinging a helmet, you're done. I, I have no, yeah. no expect, and I have no expectation that it will be a concern. I, uh, I, agree I think the that. only re- I think the only reason it probably has not happened yet <laughs> is the that there is a police involvement from police investigation, yep. and I think that you need to you have to remember. I mean, for all the Michigan fans that. One again, my mentions about the fact that Mel Tucker only did this because the university told him to. Um, this is a guy who kicked Ricky White off the team and was named in a lawsuit because they think he kicked him off too soon. Yeah, and and I'm not so, gonna. I and I, so don't, I don't agree think, with those people. No, and, and I'm not saying he did, but so yeah. I think that no, uh, a person not being kicked off at this point. I don't think is due to the fact of Mel Tucker trying to negotiate with the university or no. try and buy some time for the heat to die down. I think it honestly just comes down to a fact of this is an active investigation. This is an active procedure right now. Um, I don't think you're going to have anything definitive of who is permanently removed from the program and possibly the university uh, until a later point. And, and that sucks because we all live in a society where we want our answers yesterday. Um, and I can speak for myself. Like I was refreshing the phone all day Sunday, all day Monday, because it was just, it was something hanging over my head. I'm like, please just make an announcement. At least show that you're doing something, you know? And it's just, yeah. and that's just the the society we live in now. Um, but I'm happy they did what they did uh, because I think that they show that, you know, I don't know if they have the ABC video at the time when they suspend four and then later have to suspend four more, but they've they've handled it in a way that I'm I'm happy with so far. Yeah. Um, and I don't care if they did, by the way. Getting suspended one day after the game or three days doesn't matter at all. So I know a lot of people were upset before the suspension came uh, that Winman wasn't gone, but I don't really care because he's gone now. So... Where I want to end this is I feel bad for Michigan fans because, and I feel bad for Michigan State fans, both for different reasons. Michigan fans shouldn't have had to watch a player have this happen to them and go through these emotions. Michigan State fans sure as shit didn't deserve uh, to have this hanging over their head after a rivalry loss. Um, and Obviously, the most I feel bad for are the two players that were injured in these assaults, but I just feel the need to say that because I, I, I really – the only people who deserve this happening in our rivalry are the worst that have come out of both sides. If you have used the word thug 
gang, if you have advocated for prison time, you personally deserve this. If if you have used a video of somebody skipping or uh, just in general the behavior at the end of the game Ooh. from Michigan to justify it, you're probably the same type of person to ask what a girl was wearing when she got raped. So that's all. We also I have to speak say. to. Uh, can we also speak to MSU fans? You don't have a smoking gun when you put out the video of Javon Green talking shit after he got his ass beat. That wasn't what preceded him getting jumped. And also, as someone who has played multiple shifts of a hockey game, blacked out from a concussion, him talking does not mean that he was not injured. All right? Shut yeah. your mouth. Don't yeah, we have a, the video. We have a bunch of idiots on Twitter, and there are always, in any situation, a bunch of idiots on Twitter, but it sucks to share an umbrella with all of them. Um I want to end this on a positive note before we go through a really quick pick segment because we spent a lot of time on this. Um, shout out to Odell Bretham Jr. I hate that guy online, but I will say the response the night of to the video saying it was a glitch is the funniest thing <laughs> I have ever seen. And it genuinely made me laugh. So normally we needed I really it. dislike we needed you. It at that time. Yeah, I'm I dislike you, you Odell Bretham Jr. But um that was funny all right picks let's uh let's get this let's fly through these uh number one we have ohio state at northwestern ohio state's a 38 point favorite i'm taking them northwestern's terrible um yeah that's all i have to say on that yeah i gotta reset my mindset here um yeah ohio state uh iowa just won what was it 33 7 over uh, Northwestern? Yeah. That's yeah, the fucking overhit. What a bunch of bullshit. I know. I lost um, money on that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota, 16-point favorite on the road at Nebraska. I'm actually going to take the Huskers here. The uh, Minnesota hasn't really impressed me much uh, since the first couple of weeks of the season. And at Nebraska, this feels like a game that they lose close. Uh, so I think 16 is just a lot of points. So give me the Huskers. Feels a little sneaky. I agree. Uh, feels like a game where uh, Nebraska finds some competence. Um, man, that's a tough one, though, because Minnesota, they haven't completely lost me. They've played some bad games, but they've also still had some games where I feel like, okay, they're, they're actually still pretty pretty competent. Ooh, this is a rough one, Brendan. I'm going to take Minnesota. I think that they score late. It's one that's where they're up point. like – Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, it's one where they're covered. up like – 12 and they just do a drive to ice the game at the end of the game and, and Mo Ibrahim, you know, runs in a touchdown with like a one one sixteen to play and they, they win by 19, you know, like, but, but this is not going to be, you know, a, a smooth cover. This is going to be a late cover yeah. uh, that Minnesota does this on. Um, Cause I totally not a bad agree. Call. Not a bad call. Uh, this next one, let's get outside of the big 10. This is the game of the week. Uh, top three matchup no matter what ranking you're looking at uh tennessee at georgia georgia's an eight point home favorite i see a lot of people thinking this is an easy walkover for georgia i really think that i don't know if tennessee wins this game but i think they're plenty capable of winning this game and i'm gonna say they cover uh i think that offense is gonna give georgia fits despite the quality of that defense and i think it'll be a game that finishes with both teams in the mid 30s and uh it'll probably be one of those 
whoever wins has like a 50% win prob post game win probability uh, via SB plus. I think it's going to be one of those games. So I'm, I'm willing to take eight points for the volunteers. I'm one of those people that disagrees with you. I just, that's fair. And you know what? This is a vibes podcast. We've been very bad vibes all day today. Um, we have not been our fun, usual selves on vibes. This feels like one of those games where Tennessee had the big win over Alabama. Season's going great. You get rated high. They were number one in the playoff thing, right? I got to be honest. I did not pay attention. Um, and Georgia just says, that's cute. We're the returning national champions. We're going to win this by 16 and just suffocate you all game. Um, so, yeah, give me the dogs. I'll, uh, I got to go with them. Yeah, you know? that that's totally fair. Um, and I'm I could absolutely see pissed. that happening. I'm also pissed because, once again, the best game of the week has to line up against Michigan State, Illinois. Why are we at 3.30 kick? We deserve noon. God damn it, TV. Sorry, I was on mute. Yes, uh, I agree with you. That sucks because I'm going to be at a wedding during this game, and I'm pretty Ooh. bummed about that. Uh, why don't you take us into the next one, Jer? Yeah, so Iowa at Purdue. Iowa coming off 33 points uh, against Northwestern. Going on the road to Purdue, Purdue four-and-a-half-point favorites. I got to be honest, Brendan, uh, you're the Purdue expert, as they are your second team in the Big Ten. I have no idea what to make of this Purdue team. Every time I think I know what they are, they completely don't show up for a week. Um, so feels like a lot of points. It feels like, I mean, I just don't know what to expect out of Purdue. Like I, I would take Purdue on the money line, but – I, and I also hate myself thinking that I'm going to pick Iowa here. So, <laughs> give me yeah, Iowa. To, I hate to, it, but I'm, I'm going to say Iowa. I don't good know. for you. I, I'm taking Purdue. I just can't see Iowa keeping the I, I, defense is good, but like, I don't know. I just think Purdue's a better team. Uh, and I think the well, win by 100 percent touchdown, too. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's at Ross Aid. I think that helps a lot. So, yeah, give me the boilers. Um, Another some more Big Ten action. We're on a little streak here. Uh, Maryland at Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin a five point home favorite. I I don't know. Why don't you go first? You know your pick. Oh man. Um. Yeah, Wisconsin. I. This feels like a game. Uh, pretty big game for Jim Leonard. Uh, the university really wants to hire Jim Leonard as their coach. And it's a lot easier if they can go out and win this game. It's a lot tougher to sell that he's the guy with the loss to Maryland. Um, yeah, man, that's going to be my thing. That uh, going to have to go with it. Hey, I feel that I'm going to just be a contrarian because I really don't know what to look about or to look about what to think about this line. There's a shot. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I. I feel like this should be a close game. Wisconsin's looked a lot better since Jim Leonard's been in charge. Uh, and Maryland tends to regress the further into the year we get. And it's at Camp Randall. All of my points are signing, uh, pointing me to Wisconsin. But here's the thing. Five points is a lot. And I think these are pretty equal teams. Uh, also, so you, get I'm lean Tago, you get Talvia Tago by Loa back from Maryland. So mm -hmm. that is a, that's a plus for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, give, me, give me the Terps. Roll, roll Turtle. Um, Penn State at Indiana. Uh, the first game between these two back at uh, Hoosier Stadium or Memorial Stadium. Excuse me. We don't uh, like the troops. It's true. Yeah. It's Hoosier yeah. Stadium. 
since uh, the Michael Penix was short game. Uh, Indiana's a 14-point home dog. This doesn't feel like enough points to me. I know Penn State hasn't been great, but, like, Indiana's the, fucking terrible. So The vibes the vibes on this are so hard because my normal go-to is James Franklin team in a letdown spot after you let down. You're leading the game against Ohio State with nine minutes to go and end up losing by multiple possessions. Um you're trailing by multiple possessions at the six minute mark. So it it got away from you fast. But Sean Clifford actually looked okay. He's looked okay for a couple weeks. He looked good in the blowout against Minnesota. He looked pretty good again, you know, in the Ohio State game for the majority of it. Well you're always yeah. gonna look better after you play the best defense in the country. Oh, that's true. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're not. I'm just being a dick. <sighs> But this Indiana team, if we could have more fun with just our with, I won't say our own teams because your team is fun for you. If Michigan State and Michigan were better and we could have more Big Ten time to make fun of the rest of the Big Ten, this Indiana team is absolute ass. Yeah. They're, I, they're bad. I'm embarrassed about how close that game with Michigan was. Michigan won by 21. I'll give you the uh, – the the coach having a medical issue on the sideline waiver. I guess that's you a good get point. That. <laughs> I guess that's Use a good it point. Because I, I agree with you. I have no clue how Indiana on in that game because this is an awful, awful football team. Yeah. Agreed. So we both take the Lions. Nittany, of course. The fucking Detroit Lions are a mess. We're not getting into that. Michigan State at Illinois. Uh, Illinois is a 17-point home favorite. I laughed and couldn't believe how big the spread was when I was doing this pre-show with you. Um, and I'm going to take Illinois because uh, I just can't see a way <laughs> for uh, Michigan State to rebound cleanly off this and then go play a really good team. Although that'd be like the most Mark D'Antonio thing fucking ever. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm taking Illinois. I think they're going to win by if, three touchdowns. If they do it. I'm going to be 100% honest. If they do this, I wouldn't even call it a, a Mark Antonio thing. I would say that is a huge mark of a plus on Mel Tucker that he gets to go, he gets his team back together because Mark Antonio has never had to recover a team midseason. And I'll say, like this. and I'll count this if they like cover and it's close the whole time. Yeah. Like I'm not even saying you win this game. If, if this isn't a blowout, that's a W for Mel. Let's put it this way uh, without the tunnel, without the tunnel. Um, first of all, this line opened up at 10 and a half. So without the tunnel, this line is not what it is. Um, and without the tunnel and not losing multiple starters for this game, this would be a game that I would feel similar to the Wisconsin game in that Illinois is clearly a better team than Wisconsin. They destroyed Wisconsin. But they are 100% to me on fraud alert because that schedule is hot-buttered ass. Also, they beat up on some yeah. bad, bad teams. Yeah, also, they lost to Indiana, who we just spent the last three minutes Thank you. <laughs> making fun but, of. So the yeah. tunnel takes away, uh, and not just the tunnel itself. Like I don't think that the – I think the guys that are there Saturday will show up to play. Uh, I do not think that um, – you know, they're not going to show up to play. But all of a sudden, again... But you're just at even more of a talent deficit than you already were. More of a talent deficit. You've lost multiple defensive line edge rushers from the suspensions. You lose your best defensive player in Jacoby Winman. That means a lot of Cal Halliday and uh, Ben Van Sumeren on 
Saturday. Um, granted, again, this isn't the team that he's going to throw all of you, but Bryce Brown is an extremely good running back, and Blake Corum just had a ton of success against us. So uh, going to take it one way. Well, nobody's as good as Blake Corum, so don't worry about that. Texas at Kansas State. Texas, a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. I don't get it. Even without Adrian Martinez last week, Kansas State beats Oklahoma State, who was ranked in the top 10 at the time, by 48 points. I don't get it. Texas isn't good. Go Cats. I'm on the I'm on the Kansas State wagon. I might go buy some home field after this podcast. Ooh, is, they probably have some terrific Kansas State home field apparel. I guarantee they do. And a tremendous color scheme. You know what? I love a team that does purple. I love TCU. I love Kansas State because there's just not enough purple color schemes out there. Too many Agreed. teams have. I mean, God forbid we need another red and white team. Kansas State, I'm with you. Uh, you sold me. I was all Texas until you told me you were going to buy home field. And when you <laughs> said you were going to buy home field, that said home field magic, Kansas State it is. I'm saying as few words about this next game as possible. Michigan's at Rutgers, a 26-point favorite. They're going to cover. Easily. Easily. Uh, this will be one that I, I don't know what it is, what the number is. Give me Michigan first half line so I can win some money before the half. Yes. And then I'm going to win my money after. They yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, out of all the games, and I hate to bring real football stuff into something that happened from the jumping. But out of all games for Jamon Green to not be able to play, I think when you're against Noah Vedral is a oh. good one to have. Michigan's a... going to stuff it down their throat all day, and this yeah. won't be close. I don't good, care what happens. Good point. Year. I actually had not heard he, he is out for the game. Well, he, I mean, it's not guaranteed, but he's going through but the concussion protocol. And so yeah, a one-week turnaround, yeah, I, I don't really see it. That sucks. Uh, yeah. I should so be anyways, able to make it's jokes. Michigan Rutgers. I should just yeah. be able to make jokes that he's having Keon Coleman nightmares, and that's why he's not playing. Right? But yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah. Keon Coleman was fucking awesome. When you know, it was so frustrating in the moment, but like in retrospect, 163 yards when your offense did a grand total of nothing all day is pretty fucking impressive. Um, so so shout out to him, and cool to see a dual sport athlete going out and crushing like that. Uh, our last game of the week, a top 10 matchup, according to the playoff committee, <laughs> uh, Bama, a 13 and a half point favorite on the road at LSU. Despite my jokes, there's no way LSU should be a top 10 team, but here's the thing. I don't think Bama set could either. And they're playing a night game at death Valley. So I don't think LSU wins. I don't even think it's like a one where it's down to the wire at the end, but I think they'll cover a two touchdown spread. Bama. Bama. I've Fair seen... Enough. I have seen Brian Kelly versus Nick Saban before. Um, LSU has been super impressive. They've done a lot the last couple of weeks with Jaden Daniels at quarterback. Uh, he's played a lot better than I thought they were going to be able to do out of him. It continues to show me that despite all the faults of, faults of the man, Brian Kelly is still a hell of a ball coach. Unfortunately. Uh, a hell of a good coach with quarterbacks specifically. Um by Nick Saban against a guy who came down to the SEC with a fake Southern accent and came in. That's a good to, point. He's going to whip that ass. That's a fair enough point. I uh, can't see that I have any uh, flaws in your logic to point out. 
Uh, honestly, a good slate of games. I am a bit bummed I have a wedding. Still very happy for you, Gavin. But, I need uh... <laughs> a noon game so bad. Noon game. Why do I have to have... Dude, Michigan hasn't game. played a single 3.30 game all year. Well, because you, you're Fox's favorite for the big noon, baby. Well, Fox's favorite. And then apparently Rutgers-Michigan needs to be a fucking night game for some reason. <laughs> oh, Rutgers, but whatever. Like Rutgers does that to both of us. Yeah, I feel like it's, neither it's of a bunch us have bullshit. played at Rutgers not at 7 p.m. Yeah, I remember like literally like one noon game, but it's a joke. Uh, Jeremy... This was a bit therapeutic for both of us, I think. Um, I wish we had a more fun post-rivalry episode, but we'll have plenty of that for basketball, which is the good part of this rivalry. Um, yeah, I, I you obviously hate to see something like this, but I, I will say I would not have anybody else on Michigan State Twitter to rather uh, chop it up with uh, about it. And... Uh, I'm grateful for our our friendship because yeah. this is a shitty situation. It'd be easy to just yell at each other if we were two morons. Uh, but I think we tackled it with at least a little bit of nuance, and that makes me proud. Yeah, yeah and right back at you, it's been, you know, we, we text every day basically on a normal week, but <laughs> we have been each other's teledoc for the last yeah. Yeah, we have. 72 hours leading up to this recording. Um I'd love to say it was show prep, but we're not that much put together. It has not been show prep. No, no, we've just uh, been venting. <laughs> it's been going through it, tweeting through it, texting through it. Um, but no, I agree, man. It's uh, you know, this is the way to do a house divide podcast, not uh not one where I have to work with someone whose brother's cousin's sister is Tom Mars. 